Testing, testing. Audio check looks good, and we're good to go. You ready, Kyle? 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 Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host of Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat, and I'm here by myself, my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Furious George is watching the Bears game, which is understandable. Um, so it's just me. I'm going to talk some NFL, some college football, just kind of give some of my thoughts. But never fear. We expect to hear from Kyle here shortly, a little later in the episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. All right. All that being said, let's just jump into it. Like I said, the really the only big news, aside from the World Series, which we'll talk more about on our next episode, the only news I want to talk about today is... Michigan football and Detroit Lions. And we'll talk some more just big picture NFL and college football on the way. But let's go ahead and just jump into it. And let's go with, man, here's where I would normally ask my co-host what he wants to start with. (laughs) I'm going to go college football first. Uh, Then we'll transition to NFL. Maybe that'll be a good segue into hearing from Kyle a little later. Just to give an update, right now the Rams are leading the Bears 7-3 to with eight minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, so at, right around halftime, we expect him to call in um, and give his thoughts, but I'll kind of keep you updated on the score so we know what kind of, how furious, furious George is going to be when he calls in. So the Bears just punted, so the Rams are going to get the ball at their own 40. Uh, so, okay, I'll keep you updated. But college football, if you didn't see... The biggest game of the week, which we talked about last week, Michigan Wolverines facing the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and it was a bloodbath. Michigan absolutely dominates the Golden Gophers in all phases of the game. Um, We'll break down some of the details, X's and O's here in a second, but as far as what this means for the bigger picture of college football, Michigan just put the Big Ten on notice. And when I say Big Ten, that's a caveat. Everyone except Ohio State, because obviously we can't beat them. But Michigan just put the rest of the Big Ten on notice. If Michigan has a quarterback, which Joe Milton was solid, did what you wanted him to do game one, and showed a lot of ability and a lot of signs that he could be the guy moving forward. If you found your quarterback, this has huge implications for this year, but even more so for next year when Justin Fields goes to the NFL and at that point you probably have the best quarterback in the Big Ten if he, if Milton is everything you think he is. That's huge. Uh, the defense for Michigan looked good. Uh, there were some issues stopping the run and at times stopping the pass. But remember, a lot of Michigan fans who were upset on Twitter, who I interacted with, you're playing a ranked team on the road, and this ranked team had a historically good offense last year and returned almost all their players. So yeah, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be plays you give up. Tanner Morgan was 18 for 31, 197 yards, one touchdown and one interception. You will take that. Last year, he put up the third highest quarterback rating in Big Ten history, and you bottled him up for the most part. 
Uh, you limited the damage, and you you did enough on defense for your offense to win the game, which is a unique narrative for Michigan, where normally the defense has to basically win the game, and the offense just tries to put up 10, 15, 20 points just to squeak out a win. Uh, very different Wolverines team this year, and it's a Wolverines team that you need to be if you're going to contend in today's college football. The quarterback is the most important position on the field, and if you have a stellar defense – a good run game and no quarterback, your season's limited before it even starts. You're capped at what you can do. So if Michigan has a quarterback, that's huge. I said the same thing for Wisconsin in our preview last week, um, or rather after the game uh, in some of my Twitter reactions. I said if Wisconsin found a quarterback, they're a problem. Now there's been <laughs> with Ertz some stuff where he tested positive for COVID, so he may be missing three weeks, which that's a huge problem. Um, but if they if with if Wisconsin found their quarterback, a team that historically has a good run game and a good defense and just okay quarterback play, if they have a difference making dynamic quarterback who can go out and win games, they're a problem. And it's the same thing for Michigan, a team that's built a lot of like. Uh, a lot like them. Uh, so some of the highlights, obviously, again, Joe Milton was efficient, 15 for 22, 225 yards, one touchdown in the air, one touchdown running, and no turnovers. You love to see that. Um, our running game, and really this credit goes to the offensive line, <laughs> who was a young offensive line that dominated all night. But our running back room is stacked. I, I mentioned earlier in some previews, Michigan looks like they have like a four-headed monster at running back. Hassan Haskins, Zach Charbonnet, Blake Corum, and Chris Evans. Uh, they they had six carries, four, five, and five, respectively. None of them had more than six carries. Uh, but they had 82 yards, 70, 24, and 19. Uh, with, let me see, three, four touchdowns between them on the ground. That's efficient. You had Hassan Haskins had a 66-yarder. Zach Charbonnet had a 70-yarder. Uh, so you, you didn't need them to grind out uh, 20 or 30 carries and put tread on the tires that you don't want to see in game one. So very happy with that. Again, the offensive line was huge. They dominated Minnesota, who, yes, Minnesota had lost some players on defense, but still a ranked team with a solid defense who a lot of people are putting down now saying, Oh, they didn't look good. Well, that's because Michigan dominated them. Like it's easy to say, well, I don't know if Mich if Minnesota is even a good team. They didn't look good. Well, could you just give credit to Michigan and say they are a good team? We saw that last year the we know the players they brought back are good, but Michigan made them look bad. I see a lot of Ohio state fans saying, well, Nebraska looks, looked better to, than Minnesota did to me, so why is Michigan excited? Minnesota is clearly a better team than Nebraska. Michigan made them look worse. Now, I'm not saying Michigan's better than Ohio State. Calm down. What I'm saying is Michigan played the best game in the Big Ten, the, had the best win in the Big Ten, aside from maybe Indiana, which we'll get to. Um, Michigan played a complete game, dominated the Gophers, it surprised me how good they looked on offense this early in the year. And I think expectations and the ceiling for this team just got ratcheted up a few notches in my mind. We play Michigan State <laughs> this coming Saturday. So let's get into that. Michigan State coming off a loss to Rutgers. Butgers comes in and blows out Michigan State at, in their own stadium. Um Final score of, I can't even see it because it shows the ranked matchups first, and <laughs> Michigan State's going to probably be at like the bottom of the scoreboard. Let me see here. 
MSU scores. They lost to Rutgers 38-27. to Michigan is going into the game against Rutgers this coming week, or against Michigan State. Whoop, Freudian slip. Michigan is playing the new Rutgers this week, <coughs> and they're favored by, I believe, 25 points when I checked this morning, which seems like a huge line for a rivalry game that Michigan State, the past decade, has held their own in. But Michigan State is toast. Their roster is atrocious. Their head coach looks lost. He was brought in on extremely short notice because D'Antonio bailed a day before signing day. Uh, left them very Michigan State very few options when it came to finding a coach. They have no talent basically anywhere on their roster. Their offensive line is probably the worst O-line in the country. Michigan just came off a game where they sacked a really good quarterback five times, uh, three times on back-to-back-to-back plays. Michigan is going to eat Michigan State alive. This is going to be the worst murder of a little brother since Cain and freaking Abel. So the line's at 25. I would take Michigan to cover that. I would take Michigan to cover 30 to 35 points at this point. And I know that's kind of a crazy number. Michigan State is atrocious. And as a jaded Michigan fan who's seen bad losses in the past, my tendency has been at times when Michigan is clearly the better team to be pessimistic and doubt that they have the ability to win the game or think it's going to be closer than it should be, those days are over. I mean, that's the mindset I had going into Minnesota, so it's not even saying anything about Michigan. They still make me nervous. I'm still a jaded fan. But Michigan State is awful. I feel fully confident in Michigan winning this game by 40 points, especially because Michigan State, we beat them by 34 last year. They lost every good player on their roster, and Michigan improved on offense. Sparty is in trouble this coming week, so this officially kicks off Sparty Hate Week, which is one of my favorite weeks of the year. The one rivalry at this point, I feel like Michigan has a good chance to win now that Notre Dame rivalry has been taken away and Ohio State is an unwinnable game, apparently. Um, So this is a good rivalry week, and I'm looking forward to that game. Michigan State sucks. All right, last note I'm going to make on college football is the Indiana iu game (laughs) um if you didn't see this or you don't know the implications of this penn state was ranked eighth in the country indiana i talked about in our scorecast this past thursday is a team that consistently keeps games close scares ranked teams stays in games against michigan ohio state penn state and just barely loses um they had lost like 21 or 22 games against ranked teams in a row And at a certain point, it felt like they were going to get over on one of these teams. And it happened against Penn State, which thankfully it wasn't against Michigan, although that matchup looks pretty scary now. But Penn State loses 35-36 on one of the craziest final plays I've ever seen. Look it up. Indiana goes for two in overtime, which I love the call. You go for two on the road. uh, Or sorry, this is a home game. They go for two to win the game after scoring to bring it within a point in overtime and their quarterback dives for the pylon very close call I personally thought the ball touched the ground out of bounds before it touched the pylon but it was pretty much simultaneous called a touchdown on the field and upheld in re- uh, in replay Indiana walks it off against Penn State on a two-point conversion you love the call you love the heart they played with huge win which has big implications since Penn State plays Ohio State this coming week. So now you were looking at like a 
Ohio State is ranked third and Penn State was ranked eighth at the time, they fall into 18th. So a game that looked like a top 10 matchup is now significantly marred, but I'm okay with that. Um, It helps Michigan's chances when it comes to winning the East, as unrealistic as that is. Obviously, Ohio State is still the monster in your path, but Penn State gets knocked down a a notch. uh, So we'll see how that goes. Uh, That's enough on college football for now let's move on um a lot more i could say (laughs) i I feel like i'm it's kind of weird doing the show by myself uh kyle has his own show that he does now so maybe he's a little more polished and practiced um i kind of feel like i might just be rambling on (laughs) but hopefully you enjoy this um just some of my thoughts on college football so i could say a lot more i don't really have any notes or specific things i wanted to say so i'm gonna move to the nfl uh real quick update the Rams are leading the Bears now 10-3. to three. The Bears have the ball uh, at the Rams' 45-yard line, first down, uh, so trying to get in scoring range. So I'll keep you updated on that. There's three minutes left in the second quarter. All right, NFL. Obviously, we got to talk. Detroit contending 3-3 three and three Lions. Um... <laughs> I say that kind of sarcastically. If you remember, fans, a few weeks ago, what I said as far as the Lions. I think at that time they were 1-2 and two maybe. Or no, they would have been... Uh, 1-3. and three. Yeah, the 1-3 and three Lions at the time. I said if the Lions win three of their next four games, then I'll entertain Lions fans wanting to have a playoff conversation. So you won the first two of that stretch. You're two and you're two and zero in those first two games. What that means is if the Lions beat the Colts on Sunday, you've won three in a row. Or if you lose to the Colts and then beat the Vikings the following week and you've won three of four, I am willing to entertain Detroit Lions playoff conversations. I don't think we're a playoff team as far as ability. Uh, there's a lot of holes on the roster. I'm realistic as a Lions fan. But with the expanded playoff this year, with a very winnable stretch of games coming up, I'm going to pull the schedule up and we'll run through that real quick uh, here in a second. But um, a very winnable stretch coming up. It's not unbelievable to imagine the Lions could win nine games this year. And if you're nine and seven with the ex- uh, expanded playoff, you're probably getting in. If you're eight and eight, you might get in. Um, so. <laughs> As far as winning a playoff game, that's another discussion. But just to be able to get into the playoffs at this point, look, I get it. There's a lot of Lions fans who, Lions fans in general, are very split by what just happened on Sunday. A lot of Lions fans are concerned, rightfully so, I think, that Quinn and Patricia just secured themselves not only the rest of this year, but another season. And I think they might have. If they make the playoffs or they're in contention for the playoffs, they will have. And that does scare me because I I know some people say, well, if they make the playoffs, shouldn't you be happy? Doesn't that mean they've turned it around? I don't trust the administration. I don't trust our leadership and our coaching. So if they turn this season around, cool. Like, I'll take that as a fan. But I don't think it bodes well for you long term. So as much as I don't like to see it, it probably would have been better for the Lions to lose their past two games. Clearly be in tank mode. Fire Quinn and Patricia. (coughs) 
So it's tough. I'm kind of torn as a fan long-term versus kind of it's a crazy year. What would happen if we made a run? Um, but if they're going to win games, I'm not going to be upset about it. It might be better for them to lose the games, but once they've won the games, am I going to sit around and be upset? Like, accept that they've won the games and, hey, maybe they're not a real contender. Maybe they're not good enough. Maybe they have too many holes, especially on defense. And I agree with all of that. But can we just enjoy the ride? Like, us complaining isn't going to make them more likely to lose their next game. As much as you and I (laughs) might think it's the right thing to do or the better thing to do or you might want it to happen – us complaining and being upset with a win isn't going to make it happen. So let's enjoy a 3-3 three and three Lions who have a meaningful game coming up. All right, so let's look at their schedule. Um, this coming Sunday, we play the Indianapolis Colts, who are, let me see, they just came off a bye. Well, this doesn't show their records. That's not going to be good. Let's check this. All right, Detroit Lions. Um Next game in Indianapolis at noon. Um, This doesn't show records either, but whatever. We'll roll with it. Um, Obviously a difficult game. Colts are probably a better team than you, but it's not an unwinnable game. I don't know that I believe in Phillip Rivers. Their defense has looked a little suspect in recent weeks. Um, It's a winnable game. The Colts are favored by, I think, two and a half. I think the Colts will probably win this game, but I wouldn't count the Lions out. Um, And even if you lose this game, I'm going to stick with my word. And the next game is Minnesota Vikings. I think you win that game. So even if you lose to the Colts and you beat the Vikings, you've won three out of your last four. You would be a four and four team at that point. Um, Next game, Washington football team should win that. Carolina Panthers. Uh, They're kind of the same team as you in a lot of ways. Um, Playing a tough division, kind of a middle of the road record, a lot more potential on offense than the record shows. Um, but I think you can win that game. Uh, so you've got the Washington football team, Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans absolutely should win that game at Chicago bears. Yeah. The bears have a way better record than you. The bears are a way better team than you, but I still can't get that opening week out of my mind where you were one dropped easy pass away from beating the Chicago bears. Um, so yeah, realistically, that's probably a loss, but I don't think it's an unwinnable game. After the Bears, you have the Packers, and then you have the Titans, Tampa Bay, and then Minnesota again. So what this looks like to me is, all right, let's kind of run through and win-loss this, you know. <laughs> um, let's say you lose to Colts, beat the Vikings, you're 4-4. Four and four. You beat Washington, 5-4. and four. Maybe you beat Carolina, and you're 6-4. and four. You beat Houston, you're 7-4. and four. Now you need to win two of these next games to get to 9. Chicago, Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. With Minnesota at the end of the schedule, I think that's one of your wins. And then do I think you can either beat Chicago, Green Bay, Tennessee, or Tampa Bay one of those teams once? I think you can. Um, So that's where I stand. I think with the schedule you have in front of you, you've got several easy games coming up, followed by a really tough stretch, and you have the potential to get to nine wins here. Now, I wouldn't pick that to happen, but if we win either the Indianapolis game or the Minnesota game the next week, I'm willing to entertain those conversations. I'm curious to see what Kyle thinks of that. Um, Let's see. Let's check in on the score of his game. Nick Foles just got sacked. (laughs) 
Um, and the Bears are punting. So the Bears are down 3-10, to 10, a minute left in the second quarter. We'll see if the Rams can put a drive together and put some more points on the board. Um, but we'll check in with them soon. Fair catch inside the 10, so they've got a long field. All right. Other NFL games or other NFL notes uh, I'll run through. Again, we'll have Kyle joining us soon. So let me just run through some notable scores, notable news. Um, all right, firstly, Buccaneers. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to make note of this game because I was really high on the Raiders. So I think that the Buccaneers winning 45-20 to 20 over the Raiders is a big win. Uh, Buccaneers moved to 5-2. and two. I was kind of down on them after the Bears lost. Um, but maybe this just says more about the Bears, or it's just a tough week for them, or however you want to look at it. The Buccaneers are a, a contender in the NFC. Um, the Patriots are the Patriots done? They fall to the injured and beat up 49ers, thirty-three to six at home. A lot of issues in Foxborough. Um, Obviously, Brady being gone, which the fact that he's doing well in Tampa Bay and Cam Newton struggling in Boston, I mean, that kind of says something about Brady, and it's a reason why I think both Brady and Belichick are very invested in how the season goes. Not that they are upset with each other or anything, but I think it'll say a lot about, yeah, their legacies, how they were tied together, who needed who more, Um, and even if that's not fair, because obviously Tom Brady has a lot of talent around him right now in Tampa Bay, Um, people are going to draw those comparisons. People are going to make those claims. Uh, So I think both parties in that discussion are very invested in this year. Um, So Patriots might be dead at two and four. At least it feels that way with a good Bills team in your division. Um, Sorry, I'm watching the the Rams just ran for a first down on third and four. So I'm kind of tracking that score. Um, All right. Let's get through. There's only 30 seconds left in that game, and then I'll have Kyle joining me soon. Uh, so let's get to some other notes. Um, man, the Cardinals beating the Seahawks on a game-winning field goal in overtime. The Cardinals moved to 5-2. and two. The Seahawks are 5-1. and one. What a game. And the Cardinals are contenders, which makes me feel good because the Lions beat the Cardinals. But I do. I like Kyler Murray. I like the team they have there. Hopkins is a monster. I don't I'm not really down on the Seahawks after this loss. Yes, their defense looked bad. But if you have Russell Wilson and that receiving staff, Lockett and Metcalf are monsters. Juice I mean everybody's seen it, but if you haven't seen it, go look up the play where Wilson throws an interception, uncharacteristic for him, um and on the run back, DK Metcalf who starts off like 20 yards behind the uh, the cornerback chases this man down like he stole his i don't even know like he chases him down with a vengeance like the the ground had to be shaking like turning back to look and see this godzilla chasing after you doubling your speed like seemingly running twice as fast as you can has to be one of the most terrifying things you can experience dk metcalf is a monster uh, but i just love that receiving core Uh, i think we just saw probably the two best teams in the nfc face off and for the cardinals to come away with a close win huge statement and i don't think it says anything negative to me about the seahawks i expect to see both these teams highly seated in the playoff um browns bengals man 
you hate to see Odell Beckham tears his ACL chasing after an interception thrown by Baker Mayfield. One of the worst plays you can have happen as a Browns fan uh, with a turnover and an injury, and he's out for the year. And we've had some jokes at his expense. He's a pretty unlikable guy to a lot of people, but nobody can deny how talented he is and how much it hurts to have him gone, not just for the Browns, but for the sport. Uh, definitely a character who gets attention and gets clicks and you just hate to see an injury like that. So best wishes for OBJ, obviously. Um, but man, Baker Mayfield doesn't complete a pass in the first quarter. He's like, Oh, for five. And then he goes 21 for 22, I believe with five TDs from there on out. Um, people might be sleeping on the Browns, the five and two Browns. Uh, obviously, the fact that you gave up as many points as you did to the Bengals doesn't look great, uh, but the Bengals look good against the Colts too. Maybe you just give credit to the Bengals, even though their record's not great. Like, obviously, Burrow is balling as a rookie, so um, I don't know how much you slam the Browns for that game, but they came back and won to get to five wins, so you got to give credit for that. Um, any other thoughts? The Packers beat the Texans 35-20. to not the 72 to 72 tie that was promised by Furious George. So I will be asking him what happened with that. With that. Very disappointed in his prediction. Um, final game. Okay, as, as we hit halftime here. Um, so we'll be welcoming on Furious George here shortly. Um, final game I want to make note of, which deserves more time, but we're going to have to quickly mention this. The Titans... Steelers game Steelers win 27 24 they really the Steelers controlled the first half and then Big Ben had some issues um made some mistakes did some things poorly um and struggled in the second half uh but he looked really good in the first so kind of an up and down but it was a really good game a really close game I think the Steelers winning this cements them in my mind as the number one team in football for sure a contender in the AFC. Uh, maybe we'll do a power ranking again soon. I want to see what Kyle thinks. Um, but huge win, huge statement. You beat the the other team who was in discussion for top team in the NFL. The last two undefeated teams. Or Sorry, no. The Titans had lost once. But now the Steelers are the last undefeated team in football. Huge win, huge statement. And yeah, we'll maybe we'll talk more a little bit a little bit more about that, but we're going to go now to Kyle uh, on a live call to see his reactions to the Bears and the Rams. This is October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Head to shop.shootyourshotsports.com. 100% of the proceeds of Pink Ribbon Gear goes towards saving them boobies. Let's go. All right, listeners, as mentioned previously, we I'm have here. our co-host back. Made it. The vibes are back where they should be. Did I miss anything? Uh, just talking about some quality teams, uh, some mm. real contenders with the Lions and the Bear or the, the Lions and the Wolverines. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that out of the way, why don't you talk about a real actual contender? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, we were, I, you know, I'm, I'm busy watching Bears Rams. Uh, Yep. That's why I was unable to be on the show tonight, but well, except for now because it's halftime. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, but yeah, halftime, I actually have time for you listeners, okay? Wow. I can actually take a break. I don't care about the halftime crew. Anyway, <laughs> I, the, this, this Bears game so far has been uh, somewhat, I guess, what I expected. Um, I felt all along, and I stated on my Full Press Bears podcast and on Frustration Nation that these two teams are very similar. And I felt like this is probably about where the game would be, 10-3 to 3 at, at the half, one way or the other, whether it was the Bears to lead, the Rams to lead. The difference is how the teams have looked. And the Rams have looked fluid. Their upbeat tempo offense has really drained the energy and life out of the defense. Plus, Khalil Mack and his back injury look like an actual thing affecting his play tonight. Hmm. Um, as for the Bears' offense, they – I'm seeing, honestly, everyone's being really downer on Twitter. I'm actually seeing some improvements from the passing game overall. Um, Foles is connecting on some of his deeper shots, which is uh, exciting. He's getting the ball. Yep. Yeah, Komet yep. finally got it out. Stopped throwing to Demetrius Harris, finally threw to Komet. And, uh, and he's getting the ball out quick. So Donald only has a half sack so far tonight, which is pretty good. Yep. Um, the run game does nothing. Uh, which, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because that's been an issue now for several weeks, really yes, since the Colts uh, game, I think. I I think people don't realize how valuable Tariq Cohen was to the run game because hmm. he's such a different, diverse piece as well as in the passing game. You can really run him out of anywhere, and I think Tariq Cohen was the perfect blend between a Cordero Patterson and David Montgomery between their running styles. Hmm. Um and so, uh, unfortunately, you just end up with David Montgomery trying to eat up really difficult yards. Uh, but to me, really, what's plaguing this game so far, and maybe I don't sound that frustrated because, I, frankly, I'm not because this is kind of what I expected. Mm. There's still a whole half of football to play. Um, you don't know what kind of adjustments the Bears might be able to make. Um, but my biggest observation, really, is that I'm a firm believer that Nagy is a good coach, a very good coach, but his play calling suffers at times. And sometimes his play calling and his decision-making suffer at times. And this half, whoa, was really bad for Matt Nagy. Whew, man. Like the fact you saw at the end, how he didn't call force them to punt yep. call a timeout. Like that is like the that was like the final straw in the epitome of his horrible horrible half. I don't know if when he faces off against McVeigh if he thinks like well I have to out kid genius him mm. or hmm. what, but he's like every like, several decisions just didn't make sense. Sometimes it was play calling like running the ball on second fourteen. Other yeah. you know other times was preparation like. You call a timeout because it was almost a delay of game. You're going up tempo. Your players didn't know where to be, so you call timeout. Then you gain a big – you have a big gain, 18 yards. Then the next play, you call timeout again. There are like 15 seconds left on the play clock. Yep. Evidently, you didn't like what you were seeing, and then they come out and Foles get sacked. Don't get it. I don't understand. You can't afford – and you can't afford to be spending two timeouts like that, yep. especially when it's a one-score game. Um so the one thing the Bears do well is they do keep the score close. So mm-hmm. what will be interesting is the Rams start with the ball in the second half. We'll have to see if the Bears 
Um, what what I really think the Bears need at this point is a turnover. Because the defense is gassed. The they need yeah, they need something to flip the momentum. You have to flip the field. So hmm. we'll see. But those are my general thoughts at the half of Monday Night Football. Obviously, when you all are listening to this, you'll know the results, and you'll know if on Wednesday if I'll be angry or happy. So <laughs> what are your thoughts so far on all this? Yeah, a lot of the same. Like you said, the best takeaway, if you're a Bears fan, is that this is a one-score game, and your defense oh, yeah. keeps games like this close. Um, and you haven't looked good. You haven't looked right. good. You're losing by a touchdown. You scored three points in the first half, which is terrible, and you're within a one-score game. Like. <laughs> Yeah, as a Bears fan, be optimistic going into the second half. Again, like you said, our listeners are going to know how the game ended, but um, your defense is going to keep you in every game. It's just a matter of maybe it's more plays to commit. Maybe it's abandoning the run game entirely. Maybe it's kind of reworking that. Whatever it is, if you find a spark on offense, your defense is good enough for you to win this game and a lot of other games. Um, But it's just a matter of how long will it take to find that spark? How long will it take to find an identity? Because it's not the run game right now. Also, I just want to say, like, for anybody that's listening that is a Bears fan on Twitter, just all of you, like, look, I love you guys, but you guys all really love to overreact to things. And <laughs> yep. if the Bears lose this game, they're still 5-2, and two, everybody. Yep. Okay? Sure, you dropped down to second place in the NFC North, but you're still very – you're still a playoff team as of now. Like, you're better off than anyone would expect you to be at seven games. Like – it's okay to lose this game. You got If you lose this game, you, you really need to beat the Saints next week because the game against the Titans in two weeks will be really tough. Um, but don't – I mean, it's the world does not end if the Bears lose this game. Yep. So that that's kind of the thing I'm holding on to as well. Um, and the, the Rams aren't bad. Uh, the, right. they're, they're not great. They're not elite, but they're not bad. Um, so it's not like you're, it's not like you're getting upset by like the foot Washington football team or something. So. For sure. Yep. Well, how long do we got till halftime? It looks like I'm not half, sure. It looks like second half's about to start. So we'll let you go. Right. Um, yeah, I need to go catch this and drop down my notes. So there you go. So yeah, we'll have more conversation obviously in our next episode, but it's been good to have you and, talk some. Bears. And on our very special Halloween episode of dad bod central. Yep. On Wednesday at nine o'clock central. As All well. right, so listeners. So you just heard from Furious sure George. If you um, actually, man, halftime goes by quick. I mean, we got a little bit of a late yeah, start on the call, tonight. but um, right, right yeah, he's already got to go. So just some quick of. thoughts on the Bears game. Anyway, uh, well, right, best of luck to the Bears. You, especially with not. <laughs> but uh, luck, obviously, man. yeah, big game here. I'll just kind of close here. So if anything major happens the next couple minutes, I'll let you know. But yeah, obviously, you'll be able to. By the time this episode is released, see what the final score was. So really, that's all I've got as far as NFL and college thoughts. I didn't really follow any format or have any notes. I meant to do event sesh, and I just completely forgot that. Um, So I really was just rambling. (laughs) The whole monologue, solo podcast is kind of a new thing for me. Um, In the future, if I do this, or maybe I start another podcast, kind of branch out like Kyle has, I'll be a little more structured, a little more coherent but uh i hope you enjoyed this episode we're gonna keep it a little shorter and sweeter and yeah use the extra time to watch the highlights of the lions and bears games and (laughs) kyle teased it definitely check out our next episode it's our halloween edition of frustration nation we've got some fun things planned some cool ideas and segments uh so you won't want to miss that um but yeah that's gonna do it for us this week on frustration nation 
that's what we're frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustration with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com or go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. And if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday everywhere you can get podcasts and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for a one-time donation. Every little bit helps, even $1, which is, oh man, Kyle normally writes these, (laughs) the $1, uh, which is $1 more than Shane was paid to write this closing bit, makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. Lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely. I have nobody for my own. I'm so lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely. Come on, Kyle.